Hi, welcome to the English Language Institute of Singapore's podcast, also known as the Ellis Podcast. Here, we discuss current topics related to the teaching, learning, and assessment of English language with our very own master teachers. I am Victoria, and I am your host. Today, we are exploring inquiry through dialogue, one of the three pedagogical emphases of English Language Syllabus 2020. Here with me is EL Master Teacher, Mr. William Gross, and today we will be looking at the broad strokes of inquiry through dialogue, what it is, what it means, and what it looks like in the classroom. Hello, William. Hi, Victoria. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, I was a primary school teacher for 28 years. I was invited to join Alice in 2012. So this is my eighth year as a master teacher. So can you tell us more about how inquiry fits in learning? I think essentially it builds on the idea that all children are curious, right? And the other big idea is that there are always problems around, big and small. So when we inquire, we are trying to figure out how to deal with a problem. And in inquiry through dialogue, what we want to emphasize on is the exploratory nature of dialogue, where children try to figure things out. And when they try to figure things out, they have to think on their own, but especially for inquiry through dialogue with other people. So the idea of collaboration comes to the fore. And the idea of meaning that is not just personal, but meaning that is co-constructed together with other people, including the teachers, is something that is much more powerful. And so what is oracy? Well, essentially, oracy looks at the twin skills or language areas of both speaking and listening, right? And I think in the school context, especially in the classroom where you have 30 to 40 students, you need to develop or nurture certain things. Like, for example, for both speaking and listening, you need to develop the disposition, the want, the willingness to want to speak and listen. You have to develop skills. A very simple skill would be like, for example, for lower primary children, the skill of taking turns, to wait, to listen carefully. Because one of the things which children may not understand is listening is very different from hearing. Mm. Because listening is focused. Listening takes effort. And listening is a skill which can be developed. You want to give the idea that school is a place where the learning that's taking place is something that's shared. And that sharing is very important because one of the things which we have to maybe be mindful of is the sense that we are actually constructing identities mm. right, in the classroom. So you want to promote and nurture the idea that we learn from one another, we learn with one another, and that learning is so much better, so much more effective, so much richer because we are a community of learners. So... From a teacher's perspective, like what strategies do you have to inculcate this willingness to inquire through dialogue? I think it starts with the acknowledgement that our pupils come in with different sets of experiences, right? And they come in with different dispositions. So we always work with where they are at. And I think one of the things that teachers have to be aware of is you have from the get-go both show and demonstrate in very, very explicit terms this respect that you have for the students, this willingness for yourself as a teacher to listen to them because you are the prime role model. So whatever you want to teach, you have to model it continually and constantly. And the buy-in comes into play when you have content that is engaging and content that is problematic because we have to figure it out together, right? 
that content is something that's complex. So it allows the students to engage with it and learn about it from one another. So it's by design, the artifacts that the teacher brings into play, the routines, the tasks, what will motivate them to want to talk, what will motivate them to share, what will motivate them to learn how to engage in a dialogue. So the teacher has to be aware that these are also expectations that has to be spelled out, expectations that have to be modeled. And I think what's important also is dialogue needs to be in a safe and secure environment mm. so where the pupils feel free and they, they feel that their opinions and their ideas are both valued and not judged. Yeah. So the talk is motivating. So the idea that the experience motivates you, that's why in my classroom, I always tell my kids, we don't have one teacher, we have 41 teachers. Because when we talk and listen to one another, we are teaching and learning from one another. Yeah. Neil Mercer details the importance of interthinking during a lesson in class. I am not that well uh, versed in a sense, but the idea of inter would be that essentially we think better together than alone. Mm. If you develop a classroom context and environment where we see that everybody's thinking is valued and that two is better than one, and it's better than one not just because of the quantity, but two is better than one because it adds to the quality that now I have another perspective to work with. I have another perspective to think about. And that inevitably can only but enrich and expand my own thinking. So you've been speaking about dialogic teaching. How about talk moves by Chapin and O'Connor that they've mentioned in their research, such as challenging each other's opinion or building on each other's argument? I personally see it as scaffolding. So in a sense, you are trying to make explicit the kinds of moves that people who are engaging in dialogue would actually use. And so it's making explicit something that people who, who are very conversant would use implicitly, right? What do we need to make explicit and to teach? Give them practice, make them reflect on so that it becomes part of their repertoire. So the talk most are sort of scaffold. And as in any scaffold, you take them away once you can see that the students have developed a proficiency. We've been talking about dialogic teaching. How does it sit together with inquiry through dialogue? From my understanding of Alexander's work, it's a more encompassing idea when we talk about dialogic teaching. That's why the idea of devolving a responsibility. But even in his writings, he talks about the fact that there are certain expectations that you have to make of the students. They have to know what is involved and the teacher too. And I think it honors the whole idea of dialogue in the sense that, again, Whatever we are inquiring to takes center place, right? And we are like going around it and trying to figure out how we're going to work our way about it. The teacher flits in and out, you know, in terms of the visibility of his teaching because he has to figure out when, wh why and how do I come in and when, how and why do I go out? When, how and why do the students get, get more responsibility? When do I let them take it away with them? So it calls upon a lot of expertise, sensitivity. And I think it's, when you say you want to engage with dialogic teaching, it's not just parachuting one or two ideas. You have to be aware of the whole thing, the principles uh, that he's advocating, the kinds of expectations. Because one of the things we have to be very aware of is that teaching is very much an activity that enculturates. Mm. Whatever you do, you are developing and building a culture and that culture sometimes, not unbeknownst to you, but you might not be aware that you are articulating very, very 
explicitly and implicitly what are expectations, what you need to learn, all these things, you see. So if you really want to do dialogic teaching, you are going to foreground certain things. Yes. And when you want to foreground that, the expectations, the tools you use, the behaviors you're looking out for, dispositions, the culture you want to build in the classroom, you are developing this culture and you are co-developing this culture together with the kids. And they are so immersed in it that they'll come out very differently from a non-dialogic classroom. Yeah. For our listeners out there, including me as a new teacher, do you have any advice on how to go forward with ELS 2020? So the thing that teachers have to realize is that the more complex the work that is demanded, the more time you have to give yourself, the kinder you have to be with yourself and accept the fact that the struggle is part of the learning and essentially you will have to work with knowledge bases, the tools that you're talking about, but be patient and work with the kids because you are learning together with them. If you want to talk about this idea of inquiry to dialogue, don't forget you are also inquiring into what will work, when and why it works. That's the thing I think teachers have to realize that our whole teaching life is a journey of discovery in that sense and, and continual rediscovering, right? So, yeah. So be patient, be kind to yourself and things will turn out okay. Thank you, William. Thank you, Victoria. We hope this has inspired you to look deeper into your practices and unleash the rich potential of inquiry through dialogue in your classrooms. If you would like to find out more about what we touched on, please look at our show notes, which have links to the resources. I'm Victoria. Good day.